0: The real reason, you know, that I ended up doing this was going back into the office at two o'clock on so many sunny days thinking, oh, here we go, I'd love to be outside for another hour. Without that feeling, I don't think I ever would have looked sideways out of the corporate world because I didn't see any other path.
1: That's Mary Jennings, author, running coach, and founder of Forget the Gym. Mary's journey as an entrepreneur started 16 years ago when she couldn't face another day of going back to her proper job after sunny lunchtimes, She wanted to follow her passion and spend more time outdoors. So it's no surprise that her journey has been very organic in nature. She started with an idea, a book, and in-person running events, and has grown into a community that gives her the freedom she always wanted from her business in a way that feels right to her. I'm Finola Howard, intuitive marketer, your host and founder of How Great Marketing Works. I thought it was time that we actually talked about something physical in the podcast first time. Very bad, (laughs) but I found the perfect person to talk to us about the physical aspects of being an entrepreneur or the impact it can have on your life because they decided to change their life by pursuing this. So today I want to welcome you, Mary. Welcome Mary Jennings to Your Truth Shared and Mary Jennings is the founder, director, author, creator of Forget the Gym. And we're going to have a chat about that this morning. How are you, Mary? I'm good.
0: How are you already? I'm very good. You know me, (laughs) chatting about myself is my favorite hobby, but I'll do my best.
1: (laughs) So let's start with the idea of I love when you when you talk about your entrepreneurial journey uh, that you talk about how it was an escape from the corporate world. How did you start your entrepreneurial journey?
0: Yeah, I still you use the word entrepreneurial and I still don't feel entrepreneurial, but we can come back to that in a minute if you like. Let's how I like first. Yeah. Mm. So I, I suppose I spent my twenties in, you know, I went through the the graduate programs, Price Waterhouse Coopers, and into kind of um projects work for IT projects and from design and development and testing and training and all the bits they roll you out into. And then you know, in those big companies, they would have pathways, you know, leading you to to be a partner or to be a director, you know, like it's all built up to, you know, progress, like in, in many organizations. But I do remember one event they had, and it was I remember it being called something like Top Talent or something like that. They were trying to bring you into a room to groom you for want of a better word, of you know, to focus your mind and where you wanted to be in the future in the organization and all the rest. I the path I still have the piece of paper it had you to see your vision in five years, 10 years and 15 years on from where you were. Now, I was probably maybe about 27. Put it this way, when I did it, 40 seemed ancient. <laughs> so um, <laughs> and I remember looking at it and thinking, uh, I don't really want to be here. You know, I was looking, to be honest, I was looking at the women or the lack of them that were that age, 15 years beyond me in that organization and thinking, oh, I don't really feel that's me. Like we were on the road a lot. We didn't know where you were going to be based. And Listen, that was super when you're 25 and you are flying around the place and having the fun. But I couldn't visualize myself at that stage. I didn't have family. boy well, I, you know. I didn't have. I wasn't settled, so I was quite free and easy. But I couldn't see myself 15 years down the line. You know that being as kind of unsettled, or or maybe it was. You know, there doesn't seem to have a structure that I could feel I was more inclined to to be drawn towards. So that was the first thing in my head that came up.
1: That like. But let me ask you, because this is really interesting. Was it because you didn't see someone like you in the room that was, that had pursued a path like this? Possibly.
0: I mean, when I look back and I actually think of the role models in my work and I'll name the lady and she's, you know, I've lost contact with her over the years and I'd love to find her again. I find her. Kathleen Brown is her name, right? A Jamaican lady. Mm. Sounds like she's smart. She's from Jamaica, London, Jamaica. We were living in England. And at the point close, she left probably about a year before me. And I think for her, similarly, that the pathway internally wasn't marvelous. And she decided, I'm going to leave. I'm going to do contracting. But I'm going to do it on my terms where I'm going to work three months, build up all the work in three months, and go to Jamaica for three months. And she did that. I I love that. Oh my God, can you actually do this? That was your role model then? Yeah, actually it was, yeah. Creating a lifestyle around a work lifestyle around your life or creating your own routine and your own flexibility and your own control or perceived control, if that makes sense. And that since then, that is always my main driver still to do what I do now is not to be, not to have someone else as my boss. Um, now there's days when I need a boss, don't get me wrong. And I should, you know, i benefit from it, but there's a sense of perceived control when it's your own thing and you're creating your own path. And I think that's what, when she did that, I was nearly one foot out the door anyway at that point. But to see that it wasn't just about going to a different company or, you know, a lot of people would have left that corporate world and done contracting full time. And, you know, you're doing the same thing. You're doing the same work, but, you know, you're you're billing by the hour rather than getting a salary. So the concept of not being working nine to five solidly was just oh, you know, new to me because my whole 20s, you've gone straight from university into that environment where, listen, you were working a lot longer than nine to five, but it didn't bother you because everyone else was doing it too. And then you were going out for dinner and there was Celtic Tiger credit cards. And like, so it it was all fun and games, but just the future of it. And, you know, I saw, do you know what I mean? When I was working then, it was, to be honest, it was a lot more men because we were away from home. And I know a lot of them were leaving families, Monday, coming home, Friday. And they'd even say it yourself. They go home on the Friday. Their wife is wrecked they're on edge trying to get everything organized. They'd have Saturday all together as a family and then there'd be the whole long goodbye on a Sunday. And it works for a lot of people and some people thrive in that environment. And, but for me, it didn't really, I don't know, I didn't aspire to have that. Or this is long before I even had a husband, you know, but I just kind of felt, oh, I don't know if they had all packing and unpacking and routines and all the rest. And it was something even simple, like that you could never even plan to sign up to a yoga class on a Tuesday because you never knew where you were going to be. Or you could never be part of a, in hindsight I realized it was being part of a community or being part of a base you could really tie to. Because I was at that stage I was looking at people who seemed very old, and <laughs> there were forty at that stage, who, you know, might be three months here, two months here, always on the road and always learning new things. It was exciting work, you were always learning new things. But where you were based wasn't very much in your own control. And I think that was in my head at that stage.
1: No power over your own path.
0: Yeah. I well I felt that, you know, and um
1: I remember that also. When I started one of my first roles was with KPMG and, and I remember that there was only one female director in the department and within, <laughs> I don't know if it's a reflection on me, but within six months of me being there, she burnt out, she left. So then there was no female role models there. And I remember that struck me as, why is that happening? What's? What's going on here, and mm, I need to take note of that. Yeah.
0: I mean, I had very much. Um, there were certain, like people, like hey, two or three or four years ahead of me that were female, that were great and inspiring and really wonderful women. But you're that gap, yes, like ten years above or above that. Totally, I had, and also I was in more of a tech end of things, or gradually they'd moved us in towards that. Um, uh, so maybe that was more male dominated then, or you know. But look, it was it was what it was, and to be honest, I don't knock a day I ever spent there because, well, it has made me kind of very, I'm probably over systemized in my work and very organized in that way. And how I like the stuff I learned there has stood to me all the way through. So I don't knock it for a second. um, And I'm really glad I had all that experience there. And I didn't just go from working in that to suddenly packing it in to setting up, forget the gym, I, you know, I actually ended up taking a year career break from there to go traveling, to do all sorts of different things. I happened to be going out with a guy there at the time for years. And that kind of broke down during that year. So I ended up coming back to Ireland just temporarily, I said. And I because <laughs> I learned I did that, I had an interest in running at that stage. I'd started running in England and as an adult and I'd started training up for marathon And I had a huge interest in all this. So I thought, I have this spare time now my year off. I'm gonna to train to be a personal trainer, just for my own interest. Always assuming I was gonna be going back into a proper job, you know? And then just gradually then been in Ireland did that for a while, did the co- sorry, did the course in England, came back to Ireland for a little while, did a little bit of work experience, and then when contracting in my old style of work, you know, and started contracting for a couple of months, five days a week, and then thought, you know, maybe I'll ask for the next contract to do three days a week. Now I was probably maybe thirty-one or thirty-two then. Everyone assumed I had kids. That was why I was doing this. You know, it was very. Uh, why would you want three days a week? Are you not committed? Do you not want the money? Do you not? But like, I actually wanted the time and freedom to play around with, it wasn't called, I started called it for Revive Fitness. It was just, you know, almost like my, I won't even call it a side hustle because I never thought of it from a monetary side of thing. I just more saw it as here you have an opportunity to do something that's like a hobby that I can do, you know, and not have to work all the hours, you know, so I contract.
1: And this is where we, this is where we get this conversation around uh, never feeling like you're an entrepreneur, tell, say more that still is with me. I, people, you know, you see something like a talk for entrepreneur. I, I'd never even
0: considered myself an entrepreneur. And because what I always, I suppose I was working for many years, then I worked for three days a week, contracting and doing the rest on the side. So I was kind of maybe teaching classes in the evening um, on the computer doing bits and pieces afterwards. I was probably working loads and loads and loads, but I never considered it work, if you know what I mean. I, my focus was always on helping people. And if I can do this stuff and start running enjoying it and have this freedom for the fresh air. Anyone can. And that was my thing. And suddenly it started with friends. You know, my friends were like, what are you doing? And joined in that way. And then friends of friends. And so it just kind of grew in that way. So I was working in a bank, say three days a week. And then some of the girls in the bank, I do classes in the evening. So it was a very gradual, um, I added on, you know, it, it grew gradually. And then it was also before like the idea of you know, so, so I, I didn't even notice things like business coaches or, I mean, this is obviously before you know, Facebook was only starting. Definitely no Instagram, nothing like that. So, and everyone I knew was in the corporate world. So I didn't really have, firstly, in hindsight, no one to compare with, which was great. And I didn't see it as So no entrepreneurial peers? No, no. Not until the last, to be honest, two or three years have I even noticed what's around. And now, of course, wow. you know, I found you, found other people you know, I've seen different things. But before that, I was just blinkered to it because I only just thought I'm just doing my own thing here. I'm just ticking along. And so I would no model to work by. So probably if I had, you know, in many ways, I think if I knew about all that 10 years ago, I probably would have put too much financial pressure on the whole thing and maybe have packed it in because I would have determined financial success as being success of it. Whereas even to this day, I don't really put a huge... I mean, I've enough coming in from it that I don't have to go back to my old job. And that's the way I look at it and have looked at it, which has allowed me then to experiment with it, play around with it, but most importantly, still enjoy it and keep changing it every year. Now, there comes a point, and that point happened a couple of years ago where I thought, right, you know, I have so many different things that have happened with it over the years. So I start, you know, the Irish Times approached me to write, do their online programs for running. The um, I got approached by a book, like Gill Books, or would a book and get running. And loads of different things. And so I'm still in the paper every fortnight. And I'm not capitalizing on any of that. And, but I never really thought I could or should or would. I was just happy with the people that I had in my running community over the years. Many of them who have been there for 10 years and longer. And also, you know, you're just doing it. You're in the nitty gritty of helping people doing this stuff, improving systems, doing stuff like that, but never really doing my accounts until the end of the year, which I know it's, it seems completely opposite to the way most business are, is your business a success? How much money have you brought in? I've, I've always worked in the mentality. If I've more coming in than I've going out. And, and the best thing is I'm very low. Uh, like it's forget the gym, it's outdoors. My uh,
1: costs are a lot. Tell people about what the business is, because we actually didn't give you that. OK, well, because I love the idea and I love the name. So it's forgetthegym.ie.
0: Well, it started, I suppose, the initial type of things I did was outdoor classes to help people who are allergic to going to the gym um, or who pay for the gym and don't go or intimidated by that or don't want to spend more time indoors to just get outside and move and feel better from being moving outside. So non-competitive, easy going, start with walking, maybe ease into running if you wanted to do a few exercises, spend time outdoors, spend time with others and build that into your day and into your week. So that's how it started in terms of then how the products developed, I suppose, for want of a better word. I started with eight week terms of classes which to be honest, I still do, based in Sandiment and Clontarf initially, 2007, 2008, they're still going. Um, so they would have been the bread and butter of it, you know, and I'd have been doing a lot more of them than I do now. I don't live in the city now, so I just do them in the evening times, uh, midweek. And I have, um, on top of that then, so I started with the classes and then... The running kicked off and was beginners running courses. And once they learned to run 5K, then, oh, I'd like to run longer than 5K. So then there was courses for running 10K. And then the sniff of a marathon. So I've, this is now, Dublin Marathon is coming up as we record this. It's my 12th year of, rec- of training people to run and to enjoy training for a marathon. So all of that, that has been done. A lot of it was in person for a long time. And in the last probably five years since COVID or thanks to COVID, there's a lot of been a shift now of moving to virtual coaching as well. So that's a big bit of it. And the other is kind of, I suppose, spin off or gradual change is running holidays and running events or I must say running holidays, getaways for people who like to run and enjoy being outdoors. And by runners, I'm not talking about, you know, training for the Olympics. I'm talking about someone who's a busy life pottering around, but knows they could do with moving and feel better. And they might be tipping around a park run or want to build up to a 10K or, you yeah. know, might need walk breaks in between. But just enjoy that feeling of getting out and moving in the fresh air like you do with your swimming. It's the social side of it. It's the it's the feel good factor. And also oftentimes feeling you're progressing to something you never thought you could do. Like this gang, I have training for the Americans. Some of them are like, oh my God.
1: That's the real, you know, point of difference or the thing that always struck because we used to have, we were having loads of conversations about the parallels between what you're doing and what I'm doing in the swimming. And You are getting the exercise, but the um, read. And it seems to be this gift to yourself that you do for yourself that seems to be in parallel with what you are doing. Definitely the social stuff, having the chat afterwards, having a chat while you're swimming or then you choose. You might just say, no, no, I'm going to have my head down and just swim because I want to get my distance in. But then you come back. So it's the same with the running. You you have different levels, but everyone still does this social piece. We're still there for the coffee. Let's be honest and still there for the coffee.
0: And, and you know what? Um, I wasn't going to say about it. And we joke because now at the point point, I'm at the point where that, that I suppose I would have founded it. But Aoife is a coach who's been working with me now for 10, 11 years and she teaches some of the classes. We have Linda, who's a yoga coach. She, she's based in Offaly, but she does our yoga. And there's Dee, who um, does food type of thing. So every month we have a different food team. We're very much our own target market, if you know what I mean, because we all struggle as well to get ourselves out the door. So in that sense of relatability, I kind of know what the struggles are that people are having our our target market, if you want a better word, because we are our own target market, you know, and it's funny, gradually, as time has moved on, um, we're all in our 40s or approaching our 40s then, um, I'm well in them, but, you know, the other coaches that even the people we attract are people who are kind of in the same frame of mind, you know, people who are busy lives, who prioritize everyone else and everything else ahead of themselves and could probably do with given ourselves a little bit of uh, a break, but have such a long to-do list that we don't time to put ourselves on it. So I'm a work in progress in that very much too. And I think a lot of the girls in it are, are there in that way as well, that it's, we know we want to do it. We want to future-proof our body, but it's very hard to do that without the push or the nudge from someone else or from a community. And I suppose what's happened in the last couple of years of that, and I've worked with you on this, is terms of taking that concept of community and making it a virtual community as much as just uh, often people like years ago people who I had 10 years ago down on the beach a lot of them have moved away from Dublin but don't have that same they still have the connection but they can't be part of classes so we have a virtual community now which is like a membership model and that's probably I suppose that the future of Forget the Gym it's we're six months into that now and that's where I have members and yes they can come to events in person like we have a hike this Sunday we have you know really classes during the week we have you know, it was a virtual yoga class tonight. even did a talk on soreness. Yes, like this. so it's like a built-in. You know, it has a community like a face, but it's in our own software. It has like a built-in Zoom type of thing, which is in our own software. But it also has all the lessons and the structures and the training, plan, the the support and the banter. You know, so you can be together without always being on the same path.
1: Okay, so explain what that feels like. So. Normally what they do is they go physically to a location. So in this membership model, this virtual space, are you bringing your phone on a run with you and recording that? Are you what's it feel like? OK, so as a say now, I was going to convince you to start running. Yeah, fair <laughs> we'll play.
0: Or, or just say, you're. well, we have people down your direction, actually. But <laughs> just say, for example, you are I'll give you an example for someone, say, who is not based in Dublin. So say we have a couple of girls down in Gawg for example. Some of them I've never, ever met in person. And they are maybe might be training for a 5k or a 10k, or they have done distances like that in the past. They just need a bit of motivation to keep going. They're not part of a running club or particularly want to be in a kind of athletic. Uh, a, lot, a lot of athletic clubs are focused on how fast you can run. And, you know, you're a good runner, depending on how fast you're running. And the focus might always be on the good runners in certain places. Whereas we're on, you're a good runner if you're getting out consistently doing something. You know, and sometimes even if you drop off that, you're still a good runner. you just need to push back up. So the way the the membership model would work is every Sunday I have a 10 minute call it a Sunday reset. It's like uh, an audio video, like a little mini podcast that goes out on a Sunday into their email. Plus play for 10 minutes. Let's start our week off how we're going to go. So it's like a little mini lecture for 10 minutes, but all about what's on this week, what you can do, something that's tip- topical or like, for example, now we the temperatures just dropped about 10 degrees. <laughs> so we'll be talking about you know, running gear, moving into the autumn. That was probably what I'll talk about this week. Something very practical and simple and motivational. And they set up their little goals for the week. And that's 10 minutes of reset on a Sunday. Then everyone goes off and does their own thing, whether they're coming with us or whether they're meeting someone else or they might have, they can choose from a a whole pile of uh, recorded strength and yoga classes to having some live as well. And one of our really nice things is we have a live kick out the door weekly. So it's basically on their phone. We have an app, right? Sorry, I should have started with that. All of this stuff is within the app. But then the live kick out the door. So say, for example, I'm doing it on a Saturday morning this week and nine o'clock, they get their gear on, turn on your phone. I'm there from wherever I am. The rest of them are elsewhere in their own, you know, back gardens or in their parks or in their living rooms. And I say, right, we're going to do a guided 10-minute warm-up together. I'll lead it. You let me know where you're going today. It's all head out in our own paths. And when you're finished, I'll put up a post in our community and you let us know how you got out of your run. So it's the accountability. So like, say, for example, last week, we had one girl who was actually on the Camino with someone else on their holidays in Lanzarote. We had a few just that were down the road from me. I could have met in person. So you feel you're part of something without physically having to be beside them the whole time. Does that make sense? Other times you could have two or three girls that are on the same phone because they've met up in the park to meet up and they'll do the warm-up together and then they'll head out. So, and then we have recorded warm-ups and things that people can do anytime. So that there's probably, if I think I'm there's too much, there's probably, I'm probably giving way too much in the membership. We're only six months in there. So we're just trying to find our feet with, you know, what bits work at. And actually the best bit of having membership is that the members are leading and determining the way it's going to go. So every month they say, okay, what are we doing with this month? What more do you want? What less do you want? And because what's working, I find me very well is it's a controlled set of customers in the sense that before i be marketing classes and I'm not doing it properly or you know, we need a new term starting this week, a new term starting next week. And you're kind of, it's like throwing out invitations all over the place, all over social media, whereas this is very controlled within the community. So, you know, I, I know who I'm talking to, so I find it easier to communicate because I know who the people are within there. Uh, so if there's something, say, for example, we're, we're going to be going on holiday retreats. So, for example, when I go to, during this week alone, we have a lovely getaway to france in the middle of the beginning of may five nights in a beautiful chateau running trails the whole work i just put one message to say i'm just sending out an email at eight o'clock on thursday to members of the community of the membership if you want to sign up or respond to that email so that's one email i sent and our running retreat is sold out in an hour. you know like so for, so for me it's just the administration is gone or dropped you know
1: You're amazing at what you do, but it hasn't translated into the success you wished for. You want to make a bigger impact and it's time to do something about it. It's time that your brand, your website, and all your messaging speak to that bigger vision you have for your business. So if you're ready to build a business that moves you, moves you professionally, financially, and personally, then this is our invitation to design your own success.
0: Design Your Own Success is the ultimate live and in-person program dedicated to businesswomen like you. Say goodbye to endless decision-making and fragmented initiatives that never seem to move the needle far enough. Instead, spend five days in November with us and our winning team at the Brook Lodge in McCredden Village, fast-tracking your success. Design Your Own Success, five days in person, packed with exactly what you need, to take your business to the next level. Find out more at designyourownsuccess.com and register your spot today. This is Finola and Lucy, and we can't wait to meet you there.
1: As we talked about this on this podcast before, which is the idea of community, this is the other reason I wanted you on is that mental shift of realising this potential of connection that is not restricted by physical location that there are meaningful interactions that can be live, that it's not just about, sure, we'll do an online course here. There's actually a different there's uh, there's loads of options of how you can run this business. And so this you following this path of bringing the community together, it's really beneficial for you because it takes stress off. You You sell out so fast, but they also have a part in in, in choosing the direction of your, of this business also. And that's very much what I said to them from the start. And as I started
0: with um, the membership in the community and, and the software I use is Kajabi software, which some people might know of. So it's kind of encompasses everything um, in terms of everything from even the newsletters, the emails I send out to we have an internal podcast for members only. But I really wanted to make the members feel special because I do feel very grateful for like, for some of them, 10 years are coming to classes or coming to different programs. And even if they're not coming, they're almost like ambassadors. They're like, if someone wants to start running, they're like <laughs> passing my book over to them, you know. So I feel a huge loyalty to them. And, and I think in many ways, a lot of them feel a, a loyalty too, because we've all shared a lot of experiences, good and bad over the years for people. they've And running has been a savior for a lot of them, or they're running buddies, because it's somewhere where they can be away from their work, away from their family, and it's something for them. So there's a lot of really good friendships that have been built within. And it's funny, I, I didn't expect the membership to be as much a success in terms of how integrated the people are with each other. Of course, there's always going to be some people who are really quiet and you're wondering, are they doing anything? But, but there's always some people then who are more vocal. And I think people don't, don't have to be, you know, writing on it the whole time in order to be gaining from it. It's more for people to think, okay, what have I gained from being in the membership this month? It's not necessarily about how much have I done? You know, it's what have I gained from being there or what? Would I have lost by not have being there? You know, and there's lots of random things that come up. Like it's October now, and we're doing a whole month about apples and d is our food. It's random stuff. There's apple crumble recipes floating around. It how to use apples in savory way, like different things. And you know, or there might be stuff that pops up out of the blue, like you know, you know, running socks on sale in Aldi. You know, <laughs> random things. You know, or some say, yeah. like, oh, I pick you up a few pairs. They don't even know the people. You know what I mean? Or you know, we've the marathon now. coming up. And and this huge, like, I mean, that's where you see a real community because people are really pushing themselves beyond something they've never done. But now they have about maybe 30 doing work and they're all in the same boat. So if someone had been doing that solo, they'd be like, oh my God, I had a bad run. It's the end of the world. Whereas they have a bad run. Someone posts up, they have a bad run. And three more say, oh yeah, me too. And it's like, oh God, okay. it's Things aren't that bad. And then I can adapt training to basis on what they say. So yes, there are training courses in there, but you get the personal element and community and connection each week to keep people on the right path or indeed from my angle to readapt it to what they really need rather than thinking this is the course you need when actually you see three weeks out from a marathon these are the questions people are asking I can now adapt and create something for them that's going to help them so I think my focus probably from a business point of view has always been much more on the customer than the numbers but I think I also feel that without that I may not still be doing what I'm doing if it had been all about the numbers because I'd have probably taken the business a different direction many years ago. People were saying you should franchise classes and things, but um, that just sounded like more admin to me.
1: So here's my question for you. I remember the moment because Kajabi just invested in another, um, they brought in another company and they were able to have a much more fluid membership community aspect to their offering. And I remember we sat there talking to each other going, just do it. It was, just do it. You convinced me
0: because... You were just going to do it. And I was like, so this is back to my corporate days of like ticking every box before everything goes live, you know, and we would have been like, oh my God, you know, months of user acceptance testing, blah, blah, blah. And you were like, just just, just, just do it. And I was like, oh, what's the worst can happen. But I think because also a lot of the people who were joining this membership with me, I had sold it and said it, look, we are starting together. This is probably going to be an odd hiccup. But I just thought then if I don't start it with this new community software, so the, basically the alternative would have been to create another Facebook group and use that instead. So it's like if I go down that road, then I'm going to have to pull them off the Facebook group to move into this. Whereas if they go in with this, it's this from the start. And you know as well as I did that it was kind of kind of a better time. I wasn't, Marv, and we weren't sure how good it would be. But I mean, you as well now, we're six, eight months into it. And, you know, I don't go on Facebook. And I suppose that's probably the downside or upside maybe of this type of business. My my entire focus at the moment is people, the members within the community or those that I'm kind of <coughs> nudging into the community. So I've kind of taken a backseat in social media.
1: Which Here's on. my question for you. Is it what you expected to happen? Which? Having the membership? Yeah, moving into the membership, into this, you know, truly virtual, and hybrid, I suppose, truly hybrid model that is a revenue stream that's coming that's coming from an online perspective, which you also have revenue streams from physical um, courses and stuff like that. But this is a standalone revenue model, purely online and community based, membership based, which often scares the life out of lots of people because it takes an enormous amount of time to support a membership. It's better than what I thought it would be, to be honest, in, in, in some ways. I suppose
0: the thing with me versus maybe someone else who might see their membership as a pure business thing. I see this membership as a long-term thing and possibly adapting. And, you know, I'm lucky that my work, well, boundaries are a loose word, but, you know, I'm happy doing this. I see this being a long-term thing. I don't see me selling a business and go, I'm doing it for my own physical and mental health as much as anything else. So if I'm constantly learning and doing new things and adding new things and the membership keeps me accountable, and on my toes to keep me moving forward, I feel we're all winning, you know? And I remember you said to me at one point, sure, you could be doing sea swimming in there as well too. And that is true. And we could be climbing, we are hiking, we're doing different things. The whole concept of Forget the Gym is getting people outdoors moving together wherever, but basically keeping ourselves, future-proofing our bodies and, and building ourselves up, you know, so that Like the girls that are 10, 20 years older than me, they're my role models in the community. They're the ones that are getting out and doing their thing. And as that moves on, like they're still going to be 10, 20 years old, you know? So we're all inspiring each other in different ways. And yes, right back to your thing of entrepreneurial, it's a business, yes, but it feels like more than that to me. But at the same time now, I need to have structures and systems in place that does allow me to step away from it too. And that's where the challenge is Good, you know, this is the challenge I'm working on at the moment to have it independent of me as well, that I could take a step back for a couple of weeks and no one really notice, for want of a better word. Um, and that's something I've probably not been very good at doing over the years because most systems are in my head. But this is now an opportunity for me to get stuff lined up. But you
1: shared with me you've already started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, look. So just to, just to celebrate that, like this is the really important part of the that entrepreneurial journey is to celebrate the win, celebrate the step to actually like, yeah, we want to think big picture all the time, but we've got to break it down into steps to encourage us to take the next one. Yeah, well, actually, when you say big picture and, you know, I could look at
0: the big picture being me making this amount of money out of this business or me having this amount, number of members. But for me, success of it is me being fit and healthy and strong enough to do this, but to me enjoying it. That has to, that for me, that is once, I'm not enjoying this. Members will cop that. Or, you know, do I want to step totally away from it? Not now. Maybe in the future, that will be the thing and the membership takes off on its own legs and I'm nothing to do with it at all. I can't see that at the moment and may, but I do need to set up a framework that should that happen, someone else could take over it. Um, but for me, I feel as long as I'm learning and enjoying it, whatever happens or how it, whatever pathways it leads, I feel everyone will benefit from that because we're all learning more and more about it. It expands on it.
1: But I get from this conversation that lady, what's her name again, the Jamaican lady, Oh, Kathleen Brown. If anyone knows her semi arena well, Kathleen, you're still looking at that role model you're you're still in that um mindset of I'm looking at the people who are twenty years ahead of me, and I think what's interesting in this discussion and it's part of what i why I wanted to have this discussion is this this view of. there is no single model of success. There are options. You focused in on that opportunity when you were in corporate and it's still with you. And that measure of success, uh, I don't believe anymore. And the more I speak to entrepreneurs anyway and work with entrepreneurs, the money is important because it allows us to do things, but it's only one part of it and joy can be equally a measure of success as well as the money, but I think having both works. No, you're
0: right. And you need the peace of mind to know that there's enough money to be able to have the joy to relax and not like my thing would be, I'm so used to doing stuff when I get a free moment to do it. To actually to rest and to learn to actually take the time out is a lesson I'm learning too. You know, I feel very privilege to be basically at every school run and work. Aspire now. My son is seven, so I get all the way till half past two. Um, but to have the discipline to work within those hours and, and and not otherwise, you know. For many years, we we kind of balanced. You know, COVID years of I'd work evenings and nights. I you know I I write a lot of the Irish Times stuff, blooming late at night when my kid was in bed, and that worked fine then. But I don't want that to be the future of it. So it's to try and get the procedures and systems in place and. I think it can be hard sometimes when you're working for yourself, when you have no boss to say, these are my working hours. Like I look outside today, the sun is stunning. And I am, you know, allergic to being ins- it's sunny. What? <laughs> I'm saying to myself, it's a Thursday we're recording this. I do not want to be turning on a laptop this weekend. So I'm going to discipline myself to sit at this desk now. Some people have great discipline for that. Whereas I'm like, oh, no, no, I'll do everything else and I'll put it off and then I'll leave it for later late <laughs> when I do it myself, you know? So it's trying to, And that will change over time for everyone. I feel very lucky that I have the flexibility to do that, I suppose. But at the same time, um, a little bit of structure go no harm either, you know. So Because you never feel you're doing enough, I think, when it's your own. You can sometimes think there's always loads and loads and more things. So what I'm trying to do and accept is that I can't do all the stuff. Yes, I can delegate some stuff. But, you know, to be happy with enough as well is a, a calming thing for me to say, look, we've done, as you say, look back at what we have done in the membership or all the different stuff we have done this year. That's what I focus on in my running girls as well. Like focus on what we have done, not what we haven't. Because we're so easy at beating ourselves up about the things we haven't got around to doing like I'm embarrassed if I'm on my Instagram or LinkedIn. I don't know when I last logged into any of those things are and I could beat myself up at how bad they are. But my focus and attention was on the community for the last six months. And I'm doing that and I'll get to the other stuff eventually. And you've accomplished it. You were where you put your focus. You were successful. Yeah, I think that's it. And I sometimes our focuses can maybe not always being the things we need to put them in. I'd probably be a little bit over heavy on the admin and, you know, to pull back and see is, is what I'm doing, help me move in the direction I'm going. But I, you know, it, it's working out the direction and being happy with that rather than, uh, I suppose it's setting the reasonable goals, isn't it? The practical ones. And now um, I'm working with yourself and all that type of thing. You know, you know, looking at a few numbers as well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I think it's interesting because I, I started writing about this recently about, measuring in joy and wealth in equal measure. And it's this idea of when you resist this phrase of entrepreneurship, it's also interesting for me, but it is. I think that perhaps you might embrace the idea of being a joyful entrepreneur. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's nothing like 11 o'clock in the morning, sitting out on the beach with your coffee, thinking (laughs) I could be at a desk like that is, you know, people, you know, we aspire to that and then we get there and we're thinking I have 10 things to do. I need to rush, back. you know, so it's trying to get the balance to be to and for you know to to be successful now, rather than thinking when I get there I'll be successful. When I get there I'll be successful. I mean, we I'm just going to put you in the same bracket here. But we're in a very lucky position to be able to create the work we want to do, and I suppose it's to, to you know put ourselves in the back of that rather than just you know I'm saying this to convince myself like we have worked our socks off to get to this point. It's very easier for us to keep working our socks off for something we probably have if we, if we look
1: a bit closer, you know, we have. So it's that idea of we are successful now.
0: Yeah, I think so, Do you know. And, and th- it, I know I need say to get it. a t-shirt to say, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's a female thing. We can't say that, you know, but, you know, it, it's we all determine our own version of what that is. And if it's if we're always striving for like I talked to you about when we were talking about numbers of people in a membership and I was kind of saying to you like, oh, well, I thought of this number and it's now this number. And you're like, would you have that number? And I was like, oh, yeah, I do.
1: You know, so it's easy. And we probably. Uh, but I have to share with everybody, you know, about Mary saying that she hasn't hit her numbers. Like she was five short. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, come on. <laughs> well, and you look at the, the few that, you know, decided
0: the membership wasn't for them. And you can get so caught up in like, why do they not like it? Why did they want to do it? And you look at the other, yeah, hundred that are like loving it, you know? So um, yeah, sure. We're on our
1: world, we're standing I think you had a a beautiful secret, which was. That you are always putting the members first and that they are the secret to your success, your own customers.
0: Mm -hmm. They're brilliant. They're absolutely fabulous bunch Mm -hmm. of supportive, encouraging, Mm -hmm. like-minded. It's funny, I don't know, do you attract that type of member or do they attract their friends or what way it comes in? But we've always been so lucky over the years that a bunch of people. You
1: attract them. It's your, that's the whole point of your truth shared. Tell me. What would you love people to walk away with today or run away with today?
0: i love them to get up off their desk and go outside for a walk. That's the first thing I'd like them to do and to look at, I know if it's kind of on a podcast, they might already be out walking, but I think the whole point, like the the real reason, you know, that I ended up doing this was going back into the office at two o'clock and so many sunny days thinking, oh, here we go. I'd love to be outside for another hour. And that kind of, without that even feeling, I don't think I ever would have Looked sideways out of the corporate world because I didn't see any other path, and um, so even maybe to listen to what's your body telling you it wants to do, and mine was telling me get out the door. Um, yeah, get out the door it isn't for everybody, but unless you go out, you don't know if it is. But just to clear your head, and, and as much as we're here doing podcasts, and I've my own internal one with um with with my members, but sometimes I do say is get out the door without your headphones, both running, walking, or anything, because. Our ears are so full of stuff, whether it's emails coming at us, kids coming at us, radios, podcasts that to give ourselves 20, 30 minutes, just even to let all that stuff process around in your head. So you'll come back inside with more energy, more ideas. It's like being in the shower. Other people say they get their best ideas in the shower. It's the only time they don't have blooming noise coming into their head. Um, so I think for me, that that's the whether you're walking, running, swimming, just sitting on a park bench, having a coffee, just having those few minutes without auditory input can, can often change a day so I mean um, mm-hmm. there's time and a place for running with others and being with others but I think if we could carve out even 10 or 15 minutes on our own every day outdoors I think we might be surprised
1: what ideas we do get wonderful thank you so much Mary no problem thank you Finola. I hope you enjoyed that episode and if you'd like to find out more about Mary check her out on LinkedIn or on her website at Gym. And if you'd like to support the show, please leave a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and reach out and let me know your takeaways from this episode. What would you like to know more about? Send me a quick message and I'll respond.